and welcome to another episode of the Rethink Retail Podcast. I am your host, Heatha Herzog, and today I'm speaking with my guests, Ryan Ahern and David Preston. David Preston has been in the payments industry for 16 years. He started at Discover on the marketing team, where he led the team that managed the Discover Networks Rewards platform. He then moved over to the strategic client team in 2015 and oversees all of the Discover Network supermarket clients. Ryan Ahern has been with Ingenico for 11 years and has worked across multiple job functions in his time with the company. As a solutions engineer during the EMV migration, Ryan helped ISVs, gateways, and tier one retailers integrate and certify contact and contactless EMV solutions. Currently, Ryan serves as the head of retail solutions and support for Ingenico North America, where he continues to lead Ingenico's retail solutions and the pre-slash-post-sales integration support teams. Ryan is largely responsible for shaping the company's retail payment application strategy in the U.S. for the next three to five years. Welcome to the show, Ryan and David. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us. So I think I told you before we started, I'm a little bit obsessed with this topic because I'm constantly in the grocery stores buying food for my kids. I feel like the real cost of childcare and children isn't just the activities that you have to pay for, but it's the groceries you have to pay for, especially fruit. So I want to talk to you, though, specifically about some of the digital trends that we're seeing in grocery and in this sector. So there's been a lot of digital acceleration over the last years. How are these trends showing up in our sector? And I'm going to throw that over to Ryan. Yeah, I think from the Ingenico perspective, we're really seeing a lot of our customers try and engage with the consumers you know, through a couple of different touch points. Really, you're starting to see through COVID and other things that have gone on in the industry, some modernization of their platforms and really trying to get those additional touch points with everyone, right? So I could never imagine a world where I paid someone to deliver groceries to me, let alone go online, pick the produce for me and all that good stuff. So really a lot of those components, I think as well, have kind of changed the way that grocers are now interacting with the consumers. Really, when you think about it as well, you think about the mobile applications. Again, never could have imagined why I would need to have a mobile application as it relates to my local grocery store, but now I do. Whether it's instant uh, coupons or something else that they're notifying me of sales of items that I bought recently being pushed to my phone whenever I happen to be in the store is really convenient and something we're seeing a lot more of our customers, I would say, drive towards. I completely agree with you. I never would have thought, usually the grocery store is my happy place because I just love seeing all the fruit and figuring out what I'm going to make for dinner. It's kind of my thing to cook. And suddenly I am just for convenience sake, going online, buying all the groceries or getting delivered to our apartment. I'm doing this on our phone. Clearly the consumer has changed the way we shop. If I'm putting my consumer hat on right now, what are some of the habits, Dave, and expectations that have shifted? I mean, buying groceries, online, sure. Couponing, getting sent to our phones. What is next on the forefront? What other things that I'm not even thinking about that maybe you're thinking about or something that in your group that you have on the plate, the consumers, are, what's kind of next for that? Yeah, I think Ryan touched on a lot of it, right? So I think consumers want and expect 
a fast, easy, frictionless, secure experience with options, right? I think they want to be able to use their card how they want, when they want, and really in the format they prefer, whether that be wallet, contactless, etc. I think they also want the ability to shop how they want, whether that be in-store, online, you touched on it a few minutes ago, delivery to home, or even online, right? Ordering online, but picking up at the supermarket. In-store, I think consumers also expect brands to offer a self-checkout option. I think it provides the consumer with the option of getting out quickly should they only have a handful of items. In fact, we at Discover have a study that we host in partnership with 451 Research, and the study is called FSOU, FinTech State of the Union. And we recently did one of those studies called the Global State of Digital Payments and FinTech Voice of the Consumer. And that study actually showed that the top three most critical factors for driving digital payment usage included security, ease of use, and convenience. Yeah, it makes complete sense. I mean, the last thing I want to do when I'm paying for groceries is fumble around for my for my credit card and my kids are crying or trying to grab something off the checkout stand and I'm not going to pay for it. It's all chaotic. So that makes complete sense. I mean, that is convenience, especially, I think, for busy people that just want to get in and out. They really want to make sure that they can just like have it happen in, you know, two or three steps. Speaking of two or three steps, Ryan, you know, what can really make or break a positive checkout experience? I'm just going to tell you a really quick anecdote. I was at a Whole Foods here in New York and, you know, I'm at the grocery store a lot. Obviously, I have kids, right? I've said this like a million times now. But what I thought was really interesting is that you can now check out at this grocery store in Midtown at the Whole Foods with your hand. I couldn't believe it. So I could just swipe and I'm out of there. What are some of the other experiences that would that are positive? They're coming down the pipeline. And what are some experiences that really break it? break the experience of checking out. Yeah, and it's something actually I think Dave touched on. You mentioned some things that consumers are expecting when they go to the grocery store, right? Efficiency with a self-checkout. One thing that we're seeing a huge driver towards is consistency. The way you interact, whether it's digital, online, in-store, through the mobile phone app, whatever that touch point is, there's consistency. So you have an expectation when you go to a specific grocery store chain, the values that they have, and the experience, right? How would you like to go through and have a fantastic experience all the way through the digital, the in-store experience, only to be at the last leg, the transaction, checking out and have everything just fall apart, right? And so that's something we're seeing a lot of our customers really focus on. And so you mentioned the ability to use your palm to pay. That's certainly one component of a grocery experience you could entertain. Whether you know, In addition to that, we have a lot more customers moving to more of a tap-to-pay solution We even have customers that have invested and developed their own sort of mobile wallets, if you will, right? So having that built into that digital application, that consumer application that they're putting on your phone, really integrating the consumer experience, whether it's in-store, digital, online. So that's certainly one way to do it. Really, a lot of our customers, I think, struggle with the a lot of the new technology that's required, right? So you mentioned the waving of hand, the check-in, check-out. It's really a struggle because that does require a significant amount of technology and new infrastructure, new everything, right? I mean, that's not something uh, all of our grocery partners have the luxury of investing in, but certainly there are quite a few who have, and I think the experience speaks for itself. It's really seamless, really easy, and really helps drive you know, the consumer, I think, returning back to that store to experience it again. 
You know, what I thought was really cool was when we were at NRF just recently in January, there was sort of a side store where you could get snacks. It was, you know, a mini grocery store, but, you know, you walk in, I I think it was attached to Amazon or Prime, but walk in, I think you scan your phone and then you just pick whatever you want and then it just charges you. Yeah. I would also just to, real quickly, just to dovetail on, on what Ryan said, I think the, a positive point of sale checkout experience, I think it's extremely important. I think if the point of sale, if it's limited, right, no contactless enablement, no use of wallets, only specific tender types are allowed, no option for a self-checkout. I think all of these can slow the process down and make for a bad experience. I think that bad experience is coming from the consumer expectation that I think you mentioned it, right? That some of these features should be enabled as they are now somewhat accustomed to it. I mean, online, if a consumer needs to consistently re-enter their payment info, this could also create a bad experience. I think a checkout experience that allows someone to provision their info on file is key. This creates a fast, a smooth checkout. I also think a positive experience piggybacks on what we discussed. I think consumers expect that fast, seamless, and secure experience. I mean, when in store, having the ability to get in, get the items they want, you mentioned this, you have kids, and then get out in an efficient and secure manner makes for a great experience, right? Consumers want to spend their time shopping, not in line or at the check stand. And then the one final note that I would add is I think that when placing a BOPIS order, so buy online, pick up in store, I think they expect the same, right? I think they they expect the ability to notify the store, let them know that they're en route, I've parked, I've now received the items quickly, and then I'm going about my day. What's so fascinating about that, I was hearing you talk and, you know, I think about, and it's going to become my throwaway line, but I always say that if I am sitting on the sofa with my phone and my wallet is across the room and my payment information isn't located or in the phone ready to go, and I have to go reach for my wallet, even crossing the room five feet, it's not going to happen. I abandon my cart. I am done. I go back to watching, you know, whatever's on Netflix. Like it just will not happen if my wallet is across the room and I have to put in my payment information. So having that payment information in there for me anyway is really key. And I think I'm sure you're seeing data around that the easeability just to make that seamless shopping experience even better for the consumer. I want to ask you, Dave, you're talking about these experiences that make it easier for the consumer and seamless and better. But it's also, and you touched on this, it's an expensive solution to have, you know, the palm checkout or, you know, in some instances, self-checkout. What are some of the other challenges grocery stores are facing when it comes to technology solutions for them? Yeah, that's a great question. So as you know, payments is always evolving. There are many new technologies coming down the pipeline. I think by the time this airs, I'm sure one more product will be developed. So I would say selfishly as an issuer that promotes rewards, I'm excited about pay with rewards growing. Now, whether that be online or in store, having the ability to subsidize all or a part of that transactions with rewards that I have earned is extremely beneficial to me. I think it's a great way for a consumer to help offset that total cost. Also, it was just yesterday that we did an internal review with our product team about tap on mobile. 
I think this is another one of those new evolutions that you mentioned. And I can also see, and you mentioned this earlier about the Palm that Amazon is doing, call it the just leave, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, or the connected commerce experience growing similar to what Amazon and some of the other third-party vendors such as Grabango are doing. And then you mentioned data. I'm just going to throw this on there in our own Discover's FSOU, Digital Payments Trend Study. We found that 58% of consumers are interested in having a connected device automatically make their purchase on their behalf. Yeah, that makes complete sense. If that, if my device isn't connected, the purchase is not happening. In fact, I will wait. And that becomes a problem because we're dealing with groceries. And, you know, I have toddler twins that will have a breakdown if they don't have the raspberries in the morning. So, yes, I'm giving you a real world example of why this is very important to have that attached there. Ryan, what are some of the challenges you're seeing? You know, we're like I said, we had mentioned all these really interesting technological advances. I saw this Palm payment system or this ability to check out in Midtown in Manhattan. What happens to the stores that are in rural areas of the United States or around the world? Yeah, it's, it's a big struggle for all of our grocery customers. Margin is super thin. Uh, you have antiquated or you know fast aging technology stacks that have been implemented. We've seen a lot of our partners or a lot of our grocery customers move to partners, right? Someone who's maybe a little bit more willing to take on the upfront investment required to provide that type of solution and really bake in the cost of that over time. And so it's really interesting with the Palm Reader, we have something somewhat similar coming to market here in the near future, but it's not just exclusive to that, right? So one of the things that we just got back from uh, being at the U.S. Payments Forum for a week talking about new technology. And one of the most interesting ones uh, for me is something like UWV Ultra Wideband with Bluetooth. So you think about your phone. People are probably familiar and maybe over the holidays had their holidays saved when they lost their baggage and they pull up their iPhone and they go to the Apple, where's my air tracker, right? And be able to see where their luggage is or whatever it is they're trying to find. Using essentially the same technology to be able to you know, come up to a lane, be identified right away and actually be able to transmit payment data securely over that channel. And that's just one example. Right. We also look at some additional things that are coming to market that will tie into grocery in one way or another, especially for age restricted items and even the pharmacy with mobile driver's license and mobile identity is really interesting. And in how, you know, you mentioned David tying into loyalty. Well, let's even just use your mobile identity to tie that into that loyalty and see if you can use that to check out. So there's something really interesting to kind of keep our sights on. But the rural situation is very challenging, right? They don't have the same throughput as the Whole Foods does in Manhattan, right? Totally different experience. And honestly, probably a little bit of a different, you know, expectation from a checkout experience, right? You know, when I go shopping with my parents back at home, it's more of a personal touch right. uh, type experience, right? It's not necessarily, don't get me wrong, there's always the, I need to get in and get out situation, but it's more of a, hey, how are you doing? How's the family? These are so tightly integrated with that community. So if that's your case and that's your business model, and that's what your consumers expect, how are you catering to that, right? So maybe a little bit less digital and more you know, personal interactive or interactions. That is such a good point. And if you can see me right now, I'm literally calculating the time that I would save if I were in a mobile lane and they had all of my information, they knew exactly what I was going to buy and had it 
almost to the, you know, dime how much I would have to pay when I got to the checkout and I could just take my stuff and move on. To Ryan's point, I'll add on one thing he said about challenges. You know, we're talking about all these new technical features that are coming down the pipeline. And I think they're all great, right? But I think, Ryan, one thing you mentioned, you talked about challenges. And I think that's key as well, right? Because there are many challenges for a lot of these brands when it comes to these type of innovation, if you will. These challenges, they involve cost, time, and resources. And many supermarkets have an extensive roadmap, a list of items that they want to accomplish. And many of these are payments related, right? So integrating a solution absorbs all of these three items that I just mentioned, cost, time, and resources. Additionally, I think when they do look into these integrated solutions, all brands want some type of assurance that the solution they select will adapt and evolve as the space evolves, right? So they don't have to continue to update it. Switching solutions, that's also very timely and very expensive. And then to Ryan's point, in fact, some of these brands have actually brought this in-house and created their own solutions so they can easily pivot when needed. Very interesting you say that because I wanted to, you know, we were talking about how some of us, when we go home, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, my mom lives in a, I grew up in a pretty rural part of Albuquerque. And when you go to the grocery store, the same people have been working there for 30 years. So it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more personal. How do you, Dave, account then for that pivot? You know, what if there's a solution, clearly Albuquerque, and I'm thinking about Albuquerque because that's where I grew up, but there are obviously busy moms in Albuquerque as well that want to get in and get out. And then there's, you know, people, a part of the community like my mom who are a little bit slower because she's retired now and has a lot of more time on her hands. But how do you account for that? How does that pivot change so quickly? What technological, I guess, super sauce would you have to put in there so that grocery stores would be able to do that quickly and on a mass scale? So we're not just looking at grocery stores in, you know, urban areas and cities that have the, you know, quite honestly, the money, the capital to implement this kind of technology. How do you do that when kind of blanket across all grocery stores, not just in, you know, the Manhattans and the Miamis and the and the Chicago's of the world in LA, but in places like, you know, Los Ranchos de Albuquerque in New Mexico? Yeah. So I think they've had to build for all consumer types, right? I mean, I think you want to have multiple options. And we've seen actually this pivot and this growth to these multiple options as a result of the pandemic that we're just coming out of. Adoption of contactless cards, online grocery subscription memberships have grown. Both this, we talked about this, buy online pickup and store, or there's even buy online pickup and parking lot, wallet creation. Ryan mentioned this, whether they're building a proprietary wallet in-house or adoption of wallet partnerships, Apple, Google, etc. And home delivery has grown over the past few years. They've also, some supermarkets have adopted an in-house delivery delivery crew to manage all their online delivery orders, while others have partnered with the likes of an Instacart, a DoorDash, and the ships of the world. I mean, in regards to contactless, I mentioned this, and I'll just throw a little blurb in. Being an issuer, we know firsthand that prior to the pandemic, many supermarket brands had yet to implement the acceptance of contactless cards. So you mentioned this, hey, how do I meet all of these consumer needs? You know, some implemented BOPUS, 
buy online, pick up in store, but the usage was small. And then we kind of ran into this unknown period during the early stages of the pandemic that prompted many brands to adopt contactless cards simply because of the consumer feedback, right? I don't want to touch the point of sale, but I still want to get out in a timely fashion. Is there something else that can be done? And then we've seen this sort of increase in all of our supermarket partners that had yet to implement contactless now adopt it. I think this drastically changed the checkout experience. So now when in store, consumers have a faster and a more seamless way to check out by simply tapping their card. Can I tell you guys, this is what I want someone to do. I want someone, I want to pay for groceries. I don't want to stand in line. And then I want someone to come to my house and just put them in my refrigerator. When is that technology going to be developed? And to that point, Ryan, what are some of the technologies? You know, obviously opportunities can lead to more success down the line. What are some of the evolutionary pieces of technology? Maybe this is it. They're coming down that you're excited about. Yeah, I kind of mentioned earlier the UWB with Bluetooth. Really, that's something that we're really excited about. People are now getting more familiar with the technology, especially with what you can do with location trackers and all that good stuff. And and really, it's a win-win for both the grocer and the consumer, right? Our grocery customers and partners are able to you know, track down to the 10th of a second what that additional time checking out costs them and labor cost everything else, right? Potentially abandoned, you know, items in cart that someone just didn't want to wait in line for, whatever that is. So any opportunity to, I would say, help someone in terms of fast checkout, whether that's contactless payments, which uh, Dave mentioned, I know Discover and many of our friends are very excited about seeing become more consistent across the industry, or it's, you know, kind of, I'd say almost a utopian type scenario where I am identified by the, you know, checkout device when I go to walk up to the lane, right? They maybe already have my card on file and they say, welcome back, Ryan. The last three purchases you made were using your Discover card. Would you like to use that again? I don't even need to present my Discover card. My wife doesn't need to go digging through her purse to find her phone or her Discover card. For yourself with your children, maybe in arm, you don't even need to be able to go fumbling around and find that, right? Just being able to hit a button that says, yes, that's what I want to use would be fantastic. Or maybe we even get to a point to where the checkout device is a little bit smarter. And instead of saying, or hitting a button, you know, with COVID, things can be a little bit touchy when it comes to, you know, pressing on a keypad. Hey, yes, I do want to use my Discover card. And it picks that up and goes ahead and processes your payment using that Discover card they already have on file. So it's a combination of different technologies, not just all one, right? But really being able to take, whether it's voice recognition, which we're all getting more familiar with our smart homes and Siri, always popping up at the most random times, asking uh, what you want to ask them for. And then combining that with maybe some proximity based location technology like UWB, Bluetooth, and others. I mean, Ryan, you're speaking my language with the kids in hand, and I just want to get out of there and move on with my life and just pay with a Discover in my digital wallet. Dave, what are some of the technologies you're seeing coming down the pipeline? I know you touched on them, but is there anything that is kind of top of mind right now on the payment side that you could tell us about? Yeah, I think we touched on it earlier. I think it's pay with rewards. I think it's tap on mobile. I think it's this just leave concept that I mentioned. All of these sort of fall underneath this overarching umbrella, which we define on the payment side as, and I'm doing air quotes again, connected commerce. And there's many more coming down the pipeline. I feel like we're constantly having conversations with our product team as there's these new initiatives and new products that are being developed daily, but they all sort of, again, fall underneath this connected commerce 
e-commerce experience. It's all about how do I leverage these products. And when I say I, being both the consumer and the supermarket to implement these in a way that's beneficial for both parties, right? You mentioned it earlier, going to the store, shopping with your kids. As a consumer, you don't want to be backed up at the check stand. But it's interesting if you talk to many supermarkets, they don't want any lines at their check stand. That is a huge pain point for them. They want to make sure that their consumers are getting through that quote unquote check stand seamlessly and quickly. Yeah. I think the next step maybe would even to integrate content. Maybe, I don't know, that would probably keep me at the checkout stand longer if I'm looking at a video of how to cook an eggplant. But as you can see, grocery stores are my happy place and also a place where I'm just trying to get out of very quickly. So hearing these solutions is just not only blowing my mind, but making me very excited for the next, you know, three to five years in this space, in this payment space, especially when it relates to grocery. Brian, I want to just ask you one last question. Uh, Ingenico, where can people find more information? Yeah, so they can go online to ingenico.com, where we host terrific amount of information on the various devices and the platforms that we support. In addition, a lot of our grocery partners use gateways or other payment companies that actually use Ingenico technology. So highly recommend they reach out to their payment provider and ask them about what Ingenico has to offer and what their solution looks like with Ingenico. And David, if people want to know more about Discover, where can they go? Yeah. So from a consumer perspective, it's discovercard.com. And from a client perspective, you can contact your specific relationship manager or go to discoverglobalnetwork.com. And then once there, you'll have access to solutions and resources, as well as insights on payments trends taking place in the industry. Gentlemen, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I am so excited for the future of payments, especially in the grocery sector. Thank you so much, Ryan Ahern and David Preston for being here with us. And I am Heath Herzog for the Rethink Retail podcast. I'll see everyone soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.